you're about to hear a true story of someone who has taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and thank you for joining me. Natasha, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm excited to get to know you and hear all about you. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Absolutely. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Okay. Let's take it all the way back. So my name is Natasha. I grew up on the East Coast of the U.S. I went, uh, well, first, I guess I grew up in Maryland outside D.C., I went to college in Florida and I've lived in California for over 10 years now, which is crazy. My day job is I make commercials, music videos. I produce all sorts of fun things. And then the pandemic hit. And like everybody else, you know, I did the sitting around, the watching TV. I watched all of the internet. And then I was like, okay, now what do I do? And I started doing what everybody else did. I did Zoom happy hours with every friend I've ever had in the whole world. And It was fun at first because it was like reconnecting with old friends and talking to people I haven't spoken to in a long time. But after the first, you know, hour, you start being like, uh, what's going on with you guys? And the answer to that is nothing. We're all sitting watching paint dry and the time pass by. And so I started having deeper conversations with friends. I started having conversations about what was coming up for them, what their worries were, Uh, My mom was a child psychologist growing up. So somewhere in me that is embedded. And I'm like, is everybody okay? How are we handling things? And I realized a lot of the same conversations were coming up. And so I started to write down the answers to them and the things that it felt like nobody really knew because I was thinking, why are we all having these conversations quietly? And it takes two hours to even talk about them. And it's only because we haven't talked about anything else. And these are some of my best friends that I see all the time. And so I started writing them down, and that is what became the book, which is Shit Adults Never Taught Us. It's 98 quick chapters. They're each like two or three pages, and it's broken out into four sections. So the first section is money and career. So really anything having to do with finances, career, you know, side hustles, taxes, 401ks, all that stuff. And then the second section is relationship, and it goes everything from meeting a person, falling in love, to breaking up and divorcing. And then it also handles parents and making friends as an adult and siblings and all that fun stuff. And then mind, which is the most amount of chapters, is everything mental health, depression, anxiety, and then the other stuff like overthinking and not feeling comfortable saying no. And the last stuff is life and everything that falls into life, like knowing when to settle and asking questions and all the stuff that comes up in adulthood that nobody prepared us for. I love that. You really took a lemon and made lemonade with that after talking to your friends and then writing a book. You've never written a book before? No, and I didn't even know it was going to be a book. What I knew was it had to be something. And I, I was writing down like, It was just coming out of me. I wrote the whole thing in six weeks, but it was just coming out of me onto a Word document. And at first I thought it was going to be a blog. And I went to learn how to set up a blog because somehow I made it to my 30s and didn't know how to do that. So I went to go set up a blog and I realized the internet is big and overwhelming. And when you type in a question like how to make a blog, you get 75,000 answers and they're all different and it's overwhelming. And I thought, okay, well, if this is how I feel figuring out how to get the information out there, this must be how everybody else feels 
getting this information that's in the book. And I just thought, well, what if somebody had a book that you put on a shelf? It's not a novel. It's not meant to be read cover to cover. If you just picked it up whenever you needed a little help, like a little life's manual, like a guide, you just picked it up whenever you needed a little bit of help and then put it back. And like I tell my friends and, you know, people that read the book throughout that have come across it, there are going to be things you need today and there are going to be things you don't but maybe in six months you need those things, or there are going to be things that you're going to read from your mindset today. And then there are going to be things that you reread in six months with a totally different mindset. So that's why I'm like, I don't know about you, but I've looked up like recipes and all you want is the information. And instead you have to read through everyone's family history about their grandmother and how they got to this recipe. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> or you like, you look up a, a piece of information and you go, man, that was a really great article. And then you can never find it again. Nope, it's just right. gone. It's gone yeah. in the ether. Or like it was a, a post on Instagram and you're like, I don't even remember who posted it. Right. So I didn't want to put it on the internet. So it unintentionally became a book and I unintentionally became an author. Oh, that is so fun. I love your reasons for not putting it on the internet. That's so true. <laughs> It'll literally get lost out there. There's too much stuff. I love the idea of the book. So you collected this information from your book based on talking with friends. Mostly. And then my own mistakes. Because uh, it started yeah. with friends. And then I was like, well, I've got some stuff to share here too. So I went through all the things that I've just done wrong or a little bit crunchy. All the things that I was like, I had to do this the hard way. I really hope I can help somebody do it a little easier. And I, you know, there are a lot of resources out there, but it's not an indictment of anybody. I'm not saying my parents didn't raise me right. The, you know, the teachers, the school system didn't raise me right. They just raised me based on what they knew. And times changed, technology changed. Things have changed so rapidly that even if I were to Google something right now, like the stuff in the book might be a little bit outdated. It's been a year, but I just, I knew that if there was a way to put this information out, it's a jumping off point for people. I'm not a financial advisor. I am not your therapist, but I can get ideas and conversations going. And then you can fill in the blanks or you can start to think about these ideas and see where they take you. Yeah. And I love how you divided the book into the four different chapters. And then you say it's like, or four different sections, but then it's like 98 chapters. So I think that's an awesome so way short. to organize it. Yeah, I think I that's feel great. like when I say 98 chapters, people freak out and they're like, oh God, that's a really long book. <laughs> like, I, I don't want people to think of it as a textbook because it's not. Right. It's really short, like two or three pages. Because again, I just want you to have the recipe. I don't need you to know my grandmother's history with this recipe. <laughs> right, right. I like that. I mean, my lemon to lemonade was definitely, I think, very relatable with everyone else in the pandemic because it was this unforeseen amount of time and that a lot came up, right? I think for a lot of people, things came up that nobody planned on talking about. And with it came questions, like so many questions nobody had ever asked themselves before, asked their friends, asked their family. And this lemonade was almost necessary which I'm sure most people, you know, you're given a pandemic and it's like, well, what do I do with this? And everyone sort of had to make lemonade. It didn't necessarily have to be creative. It didn't have to be a book. It didn't even have to be productive. You just had to survive it. 
you just had to get through and make sure you were okay on the other side. And so anybody that got through it, I commend. And I think they made some really awesome lemonade. Uh, the book itself is uh, a lot of layers. <laughs> okay. What's something that's resonated the most with you? I think something that's resonated the most with people. Well, okay, let's go, I guess, by section. I think for career and money, the biggest chapter I get feedback on is knowing when to leave a job. And I talk to people a lot about, it's not like what you should do. It's not the ding, ding, ding. Okay. Nobody's going to come to you and say, well, you've been here for 12 years. It's time to go. We're kicking you out. You're going to have to come to these decisions a lot on your own. And the two ways that I figure it out is, do you try and mind bend time on Sunday night, making Monday morning not happen? And you're like, okay, if I can just save for the next three hours before I go to sleep, then everything will be okay this week. You have to leave your job. Or if you've gotten everything out of it and every single day looks the same, every day looks exactly like yesterday and will look exactly like tomorrow, it's time to go. You're not growing. You're very static. We also talk about side hustles and negotiating bills and all that stuff, but that's kind of boring. The reason we probably don't know it, we probably got taught all of this stuff. It's just boring. That's why I wrote it in funny, quick chapters. They're all witty because... Nobody wants to talk about taxes. We probably learned taxes and retirement funds, but they were so boring, we tuned them out. Relationship stuff, it's everything. It's hard to talk about that because everyone's relationship is in a different phase. And so that's going to be whatever resonates with you. But I think a lot of people really like the learning how to fight sections and having productive fights and figuring out who you are before you figure out who you are with somebody else. Um, the mind sections, oh, there's a lot of tools in there. <laughs> uh, the tools in the mind section often are used for people differently. So for example, in the calming anxiety section, I do six tools that I use because not everything works for everybody and not everything works in that moment. Like the anxiety before you get on stage for a public speaking event is going to be very different than the anxiety before a first date. So I like to use different grounding techniques and different things that work for whatever's happening in my body at that moment, but also certain things work for certain people. So if one technique works really well and then you find a way to add to it, go for it. There is no rule book on this. Um, and then I think the, the life section I like to amplify the most is asking questions. I feel like we stopped asking questions so long ago, especially like if you went to a public school and you raised your hand one day and somebody went, oh, well, that's a stupid question. Then you just stop asking questions. Or I think the internet kind of did us a disservice here where the internet makes everything look like people have their shit together and they don't. Or everybody's figured it out and we're all just kind of figuring it out on the go. So I want people to ask questions and not be afraid of it. Stop asking Google. Google can't tell you what love feels like, but your friend can. And Google can't tell you how to survive your heartbreak, but your friend might have a good song or something that can help you get through it. I mean, experiences from people in your life are going to be so much more valuable than anything the internet can ever teach you. And the internet is not your community. The people around you are. 
That is so true. I actually had an example of that just recently. I decided I wanted to learn how to smoke meat and buy a smoker. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. Like I've seen TV shows about it. I love to go to restaurants with smoked meat. I'm going to do this. And talk about the internet is like contradicting. Like it was so overwhelming because I'm, I'm Googling and learning recipes and looking at videos and everything's contradicting. It's like, yeah. do it this long, do it this way, do it this short, do it this way. I'm like, and then I finally talked to my neighbor and my neighbor has a smoker and he could give me some advice and tips from what he actually does with the exact same smoker. And it was like, oh, why did I waste all this time learning all this contradicting stuff? So I see the internet has value. I get it. It has great information. But to talk to that live person that actually has done it was so valuable to me. And so I love that you bring up that point because I think we almost forget like our neighbors and family and friends might know stuff and they might be yeah. able to help us. And that there are people out there that can tell you exactly what you need. I think the prime example of this is WebMD. Everybody yeah. in the world is like, please <laughs> don't Google your symptoms. It will tell you you're dying tomorrow. It does. It does every time. And then, and then you worry and then you can't sleep and you're right. like up all night. And right. all of that is pointless because you go to your doctor and they go, you're drinking too much coffee. Like, go chill out. And that's all it is. <laughs> and you just thought, you know, you had four types of cancer and you're dying. Yes. But it's. Okay. I just recently purchased a house and I was having this conversation last night about painting the chimney because it's an older house. It's like 50 years old, 60 years old. And the chimney is kind of uh, not the most appealing thing. I went to Google chimney paint or like brick paint. The amount of information out there telling you how to do it, whether or not to do it, all of these things. And it took a two minute call to a contractor and answers. It's like, you actually, we've been trained because when we were kids, people would say, go look things up in the, go, go to the dictionary. Go to the library. Yeah. Yep. Go to the library. Yeah. And so the internet feels faster. Right. You Google something and you feel like you got a faster answer, but. You're in a rabbit hole. Not always true. <laughs> yeah. You go so down that rabbit hole and you're just like you an hour can't... later, you haven't gotten any more information. <laughs> no. And you're more confused. You've yes. read seven articles and they all contradict each other. And now you're yes. questioning if you need all these different supplies and all this different stuff. Yeah. And if you're even, even if you should do it and some people get paralyzed in that, Absolutely. some people do nothing because they are so overwhelmed and that's a valid feeling. But right. if you just ask somebody, it might be faster. Wow. <laughs> Directly. <laughs> don't go to the dictionary to figure out how to spell a word. You can still type that in and get the answer. Right. That is but nice. <laughs> but there are like real problems in life that definitely require people. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. Okay, what else? Go well, on. I was having a conversation with somebody last night who gave really uh, profound advice accidentally, I think. And something that they said is there's always somebody that knows more than you and there's always somebody that knows less than you. So there's never amount any amount of information that's too sacred to hold on to and there's never anything that's too sacred to ask. So there's always going to be somebody out there who just, who has the answers. And if you just ask, they'll give them to you because they want to. And then holding on to stuff, there's no purpose in that. I don't understand it, especially as women. I talk to friends of mine who don't know what anybody else at their company makes, don't know when they should be asking for a raise, don't know how to approach finances. And I'm like, 
there is a very big pay gap in this country. And I don't necessarily think it, the whole blame lies on laws and the businesses themselves. I think that there is a culture that says women should just accept what you get and be quiet and don't ask anybody what they get. And if all of us just start talking and go, okay, well, what are you making? What are, how do you ask for it? What did you go about? How was your approach? When we have these conversations, the doors and everything just swing wide open and you can see what, there's more transparency. So you can see what decisions you should be making and you have the information to make those choices. That can be true in so many different ways. And there's going to be things you don't know. The unknown is always the other side of most decisions. Any decision you're about to make is going to feel a little bit risky because there's an unknown on the other side of it. But it's just about trusting your gut and knowing that there are people out there that know more than you and you can just ask them. And there are people out there that know less than you. And it's sort of our responsibility to pass it on. I mean, the world is weird right now and the world is really overwhelming. And there's a lot that I think people feel lost in or a little bit, I know overwhelming feels like the, the general feeling, but just weighted, just like a, a weight to everything. You just, you can't necessarily look at your phone all day or the weight will be too heavy. You can't necessarily look at all the news or know all the information. So I know I've said ask a lot of questions and learn as much as you can and pass that information on, but I wanna caveat it with it's okay to not know. It's okay to just put the phone down or to walk away or just say, I, I need a break. I can't know everything right now. I can't dive into that rabbit hole right now. Like take a break and take care of yourself because knowing too much information can be just as harmful as not knowing enough. And sometimes the world it just, it needs to be left alone for you for a second, for you to keep spinning in it. Yeah. Great advice. I think it is, we get overwhelmed and we get, especially I think with parenting or relationships, I think we think that everybody else knows how to do it and we don't. And so we start going down that rabbit hole or trying to learn. But sometimes if you just look at someone that you admire or someone you think has it all together, you'll find out that maybe they do have a little hack or a little thing they do, but at the same time, they're just trying to figure it out as well. Yeah, exactly. And maybe you can help each other. Yes, that's yeah. the point. Yep, just support each other. And you're looking at someone's best and it might be all that they can show right now, but they have things that they've had to learn along the way as well. So we need to be kind to each other. Yeah, and I'm positive you're not comparing your best to their best. You're comparing your worst to their best. That's all we do, don't we? It's so hard. Why do we do that? Because we know they have to have their worst too, but we only see their best. So we got to stop doing that. Stop comparing. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I'm really excited for your smoked meat because that's going to be such a cool little adventure. It has been so good. I've figured it out. I've done it a few times now and it has been so good. That (laughs) is so exciting. Yeah, but it's good once I could get to someone that really could tell me how to use it because it was... It was overwhelming. So I get that. And you're just talking about that. And I'm like, yes, I know that feeling. And uh, sometimes too much information is just too much information. And so I'm grateful that I had somebody that could help me. But yeah, I'm ready to do it again next weekend. So (laughs) I love it. It's been really fun. Good little hobby. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we all need those, especially yeah. when the world is sort of tossed up. You're like yeah. grounding yourself in something that you know and that you feel comfort in. So important. Food. I think a lot of people turn to food during the pandemic. <laughs> what, food, what can we I, make? <laughs> I always yeah. tell people, put the phone down and go for a 20 minute walk. Absolutely. Just put the phone down and go for a 20 minute walk. It doesn't matter what you're thinking about what it, everything is too much, but it can all, it'll be there in 20 minutes. It'll yes. all still be there. Yes. So just go outside. Nothing heals you like just being outside. Oh, I love that. That is the best advice. I do that. I either go on a walk or a bike ride every day. And it's that same thing. It just like get away for a few minutes. Like you said, the phone will be there when you get back. I just don't even take it with me. And it is a beautiful thing. It's a great time to just look around you. Great time to walk or ride past your neighbor's homes and wish well for them and their family. Yeah. And it's just a great time to get outside of yourself. So I think everybody should do that every day. We all need to go outside. And no it's funny what. when you start doing it, how often, like when I started doing it during the pandemic, how often you go to reach for your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would be like walking and I'd say, oh, I wonder what kind of plant that is. And then I look at my, my phone's not there. Or I'd be walking and be like, oh, I have to remember to do that thing when I get back. Let me put a reminder. Oh, can't do that. Oh yeah. There's that appointment I have to put in my calendar. Oh, I should call and text this person. And then when you start doing that, you realize how unconsciously you just grab your phone, grab your computer, all of these things, they're all distractions. And we go at the end of the day and it's like, I didn't do very much today. Why am I so tired? Why am I so overwhelmed? <laughs> if you take these 20 minutes and you multiply them into, let's say you're awake for 16 hours, that's where all of it went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is so true. I did that same thing. I'll go grab my phone. I want to take a picture of that. Oh, you know, or I yeah. need to text someone. I just remembered. Yeah, that's exactly it. So yes, take that time to still just be conscious, conscious and present in the moment and just enjoy nature for a little while too. So it's yeah. a good thing. It's really Give worth your it. brain a break. Yes. Yes. All those things will move. be there when you get back. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Great, great advice. Oh, you have been so fun. You are so cute. I loved Thank getting you. to know you and what you're doing. I think it's so cute that you wrote this book. What a fun Thank idea. Thank you so much. We'll have to get I a link to that. that and put it in the podcast notes so that people Absolutely. can find it. So yeah. So the really book great. is called Shit Adults Never Taught Us. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, Google Playbooks, and then the Instagram is at Shit Adults Never Taught Us. That's so awesome. But it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for teaching me today. I appreciate it. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I love learning from you. You have a lot of good advice. So this is great. have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand. <laughs>